Welcome to the Stronger Business Podcast, where we discover how to get stronger together. What is up, entrepreneurs? Welcome back to the Stronger Business Podcast. We have two guests in the studio today, multiple (laughs) business owners, spousepreneurs. It's going to be fun. Friends of mine. We get to talk business. We get to talk good times. We're lovers in certain types of music uh, that sometimes relate, sometimes does not. Uh, there's a lot we're going to get into. There's a lot we're going to talk about. Melissa, Corey, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Hey, Thanks thank for you. having us. All right. So we got like 15 businesses sitting at this table right now. Obviously, <laughs> I got a few. Melissa, you have Fabric, which is celebrating 11 years of your ownership today. 11 years today since that we opened. That is amazing. Yes. Business birthday. That's it's right. our first. We've never had one of those on the podcast Yay. before. We did. And <laughs> there we go. And Corey, you got your hands in all kind of stuff. Uh, there's Clark Standard here in Athens, down in Florida. You've got Cobb and Pen, Rec Room, and Good Time. Yep. All in the restaurant space. Restaurants, bars, arcades, you name it. Love it. Entertainment, food, service, and then the fashion side for you. There's so many directions we're going to go today. It's going to be, we're going to have a good time. But before we dive in, I want to talk about what's got you here. What's got you in the business space? And if you always want to be a business owner, if you stumbled into this, Melissa, how did you end up owning fabric? And did you know from the beginning, hey, I want to be an entrepreneur and own my own business? So it was always in my plan to have my own boutique. Oh, um, yes. yes. It's, oh, it's been a dream come always true. Always in my plan. Right. So I graduated in 2011 from UGA with a degree in fashion merchandising. And shortly after that, was juggling a couple jobs um, before starting the official job search and heard that a new boutique was coming to town and they needed a manager. So Fabric is a franchise based out of Atlanta. And... A new store was coming, so a friend put me in touch, and I interviewed and was hired to be the manager of the Athens franchise. Oh, my God. Yes. So Dream job at the time, I imagine. Dream job. We didn't even have a space, no lease, no nothing, so I was involved from day one, so that was pretty cool to be a part of. I didn't know that. Oh, yeah. So it was fun to kind of tour different spaces, be involved in the build-out, really see this grow from conception to the store that it is now. Holy cow, yeah. So, managing five years, fast forward, um, I knew I wanted more. I was just in love with this company. I wanted more responsibility. Um, The dream became then to have my own fabric. I knew that this was the direction I was supposed to head in. So, at the time, the previous owner, she's a full-time attorney living in Atlanta. She, This was more of an investment. She wasn't super involved in the store. So I wanted more responsibility. She wanted less. She, during those five years, had gotten married, started a family. Um, So really, the stars aligned. And I ended up buying the business from her five years in. What an amazing story. So you pretty much ran the thing. I yeah. mean, she was an absentee owner, so yeah. you somewhat it ran the thing from the It always felt like mine, so this was definitely a dream Oh, my God. That is that just is amazing how that worked out. And you knew, like, hey, this is what my degree's in. This is what I want to do. Yeah. It is completely unlike the rest of us, at least <laughs> Most of us just kind of landed where we're at by sheer failures along the way or just figuring out we couldn't do much else and so we ended up all right um that's really cool and then knowing like getting to know all this comes back to like guided through you and fabric being here 
and learning about fabric. Obviously, I would have never heard of it if you had the store here. Yeah. And then getting to know Dana through Stronger Business Summit, yes. going to Atlanta, visiting it. The culture and the people of what you all are a part of and the it's mission. Incredible. Oh, my God. The, the philanthropic work you all do. So. I could imagine coming in at that age that you were managing, helping build the Athens store. You're like, this is the greatest place yes, ever. It's so much more than selling clothes. And, you know, the company culture, like you said, and the core values that Fabric was built upon, It, I felt right at home. You know, it was clear. I felt like that was where I was supposed to be. And really the stars aligned. Like I said, Caroline, the previous owner, owner made the opportunity possible. So forever thankful to her for that. But also taking the leap and purchasing a business before I even turned 30 was pretty <laughs> wild. Um, but a, a decision and a risk I'd take over and over again. So, uh, uh, so I'm, a, I'm a little jaded with your story. I'm going to be honest. I mean, I haven't really, you know, lived in the trenches and dirt floors and walked uphill every day to work. But I feel like you got to skip all of the failures and challenges and sunk business adventures along the she, way. She married plenty of that. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so you helped balance that out. All right, so <laughs> as a couple, it's pretty fairly weighted. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, all right, which leads us to your side, my man. <laughs> I, I know way more about your story. But tell me about, man, I don't really know much about how you got into the restaurant and bar space and how you ended up, you know, being part of that journey through everything from Paulie's into Brenda Butcher into where you're at now. So So I was 16. I was sitting with my uh, counselor at school and wanted to be a naval pilot, go Top Gun. Um, and uh, she yes. pretty much looked at my grades and was like, well, that ain't going to happen. See, I, I didn't even know you had to have good grades to be a pilot. I just thought you had that, like, good vision I to be able to fly. In the Navy, in the Air Force, grades. maybe, like, maybe not, like, a pile on the streets. But, yeah, after she looked at my grades, she was like, well, it's not going to happen. What's your second choice? And I said, well, I want to do bars and restaurants. And she was like, mm, what's your third choice? <laughs> and so... A couple years later, I ended up running to the counselor, and we laughed because I'm glad I went with my second choice. <laughs> I love it. I love it. So uh, you, man, you knew what you wanted to do yeah. as well. And as soon as I got out, as soon as I got out of high school, I got a job directly in the bars. Started working immediately with the goal of trying to open up. You know, the goal was to open up a restaurant in Oconee. And okay. I wanted yeah. to be the first one when they opened up alcohol oh, sales yeah. to be there. And oh, that's um, a big deal for so long. Dude, and such a big deal. It's like, and oh, we can't have that alcohol. It's going to bring in the strip clubs. <laughs> for <laughs> sure. Oh, my gosh. The sin that would roll in. Uh, um, so I ended up working at Barcode and then went to the loft and Paul to George moved to town. And then when I was 22 for my 22nd birthday, we decided on opening this place. That we had no idea, no vision. I've never worked in a restaurant. I've only been on the bar side of things. <laughs> he had no idea what he was doing. And somehow we made it work. Two years later, had to expand because it was, I mean, the first year was not expandable. Very slow. <laughs> the least amount of sales one could imagine were, were So this wasn't like immediate open no, the doors and success. No, and most things are not. <laughs> and also, too, I mean, I, if I remember right, this was – 
crepes, which we're in Athens crepes in the south. Two thousand eight. Yeah, we're in the recession, of, right? Oh man, just so many, so many factors hurting against us. Even to this day, I'm like crepes. We, okay, all right, <laughs> but you know, for whatever reason, we built an atmosphere that uh, caught on with the college crowd and. Made it work, expanded it, and then me and those guys that kind of helped create that went on to open up Brandon Butcher in 2012. Still my favorite restaurant of oh, all time. Gosh, right it, was, it, was, it. it was good, man, and we learned a lot from that. I learned a lot from that. <laughs> <laughs> that was when I first felt like I got into the restaurant yes. space. That's the heaviest I've was, ever been. Uh, <laughs> uh, no, but, you know, so... Learned a ton with those businesses, you know, a ton about partnerships, a ton about, like, myself. Yeah. Uh, learned a lot of things to do and learned more things not to do. And, um, you know, me and my partner, Jason Ellis, um, had an opportunity to open up a restaurant in 2016. Well, we actually were looking by 2013 to do this place we had thought about forever with another friend, Richard Scherfe. Um, And I mean, I can't tell you how many times that project fell apart. Nothing from what we could do. We'd sign a lease, the building would sell, they'd cut the lease up and, you know, see you bye. Um, But, you know, thankfully, every single one of those things fell through because where we ended up landing could not have been any better. And I always tell people all the time, like, hey, if something didn't work out, it's okay. Like something better might be around the corner. <laughs> yeah, like that's the truth. It's oh gosh, it is very true. And then you know, we after a very tough year because it's Central Florida, and um, I, I like to say, sorry if I offend anybody from Lakeland, they're ten years behind Athens, like from food trends. Boy, that's saying something. And <laughs> it's we're speeding things up now. We're getting okay. Them, yeah, we're, you already are changing like it we're, down there. We're, yeah, we're helping the, the town see some things. We put kale on the menu, and let me tell you, kale's not popular, or was not popular in Polk <laughs> County in 2016. They're like, what is this, Kale? <laughs> Get this off my plate. Oh, my God, that's amazing. And so we had to put a country club-style burger on to start selling some food. But, it, you know, right before COVID, it kind of started catching fire, and we had these other two dreams in mind. Um, one of them we had been thinking about for a while. The other one, an opportunity just presented itself, and that's half of being an entrepreneur. Sometimes the uh, opportunity shows up, you're like, "What? Well, this one's in my plan." Yeah, yeah, of yeah. course. So we, right before COVID, opened up Good Time, a breakfast spot, breakfast and lunch spot, and um, right after COVID and kind of during the thick of things, we opened up this big dream of ours, which is this big arcade bar called Rec Room. And um, they both got cult followings pretty quick, um, and it's kind of just been onwards and upwards from there. Man, that's it, it's awesome to see kind of all this unravel over the years, and kind of from the accountant side, watch this journey take place. And then I didn't even know there was that many trials and tribulations with opening up Cop and Pen. Oh yeah, of that oh, yeah. many like. It was coming to fruition, and it was oh, going to happen, and then it falls apart, and that kept happening. But I, I will say, you're right. It's the space it's in now is the most amazing, oh, historic, it's incredible. the guys house building it's location, yeah. the landlord, and what they've done to renovate that space for you guys. Yeah, and make 
I mean, the long, I mean, golly, it just could not be a more amazing. Yeah. I can't imagine like having somebody that in Athens and in that location. Oh, that, gosh, I know. Yeah. It, I, it, it's it, unheard of. No, it's we really are blessed with who we work with down there. Yes. Real lucky. Real lucky. And it's a uh, man. You guys are growing in a in a space in an industry that's as hard as I've ever seen. Um, I, you know, the restaurant space and just the the service industry and in restaurants and bars is is just so hard. <clears throat> the numbers aspect, the labor force, the you got to be open, uh, way more hours than you're profitable, and just. Figuring that out, a balance of Lots service and cost variables. and price and things you can't control. Right. And to be able to manage four of them and growing and doing more and kind of, it's it's amazing to to have the just grit to see through the different alliterations of some of this stuff. Yeah. And it's freaking hard. It's very yeah. tough. Very uh, tough. And, and that's, a, I, I learned through you guys, I learned more about, numbers and fine dining during that branded butcher time than I ever imagined of it existed how hard it was. I, oh, yeah. I know, like, well, my wife Lauren is still pissed off to this day saying some things came off that menu because I said they cost too much and y'all could oh, <laughs> And they were her favorites. And yeah. she's like, hey, you need to quit giving advice. <laughs> but it's so hard to balance that out on a fine dining and a, yeah, and a high sure. food cost level. It's crazy. Yeah. Especially when you're competing against other places that aren't making money and yeah. stuff. So it's a, a lot of irons in the fire between the two of you. Um, yep. Businesses have grown, have adapted, been through COVID. Things got really freaking hard. And, and now we're bouncing back and we have a tough labor force and – I cannot imagine the things y'all deal with from staffing and schedules and products and oh, business and, and the everything. Great, the great flood of last oh, August. Oh, yes. Yeah. <laughs> we had a, falling a, in yes, and a, a leak on the roof, completely flooded the entire building, including yeah. the store. We were... Kitchen, closed for kitchen fires. Wait, oh, kitchen fire. Oh, kitchen fires. That's yeah, right. Oh my god. <laughs> we went through the ringer. <laughs> Contractors and oh my oh, god. All right. So yeah. let's talk about. All right. So that's that inside of one business is enough to kill most people. Or a bit, say, screw this. I'm going to work at UGA and, and <laughs> just going to get a direct deposit every two weeks. Right. You two have five businesses amongst your household with all this going on. As spouses, how in the heck have you managed this and schedules and stress levels and just been able to do it together? It's funny you ask because I could not imagine it any other way. Really? Honestly, yeah. Like we just, we're so complimentary in that I am so type A planner, organized, but also have this like creative, dreaming, artistic side. And Corey, I'm, I'm type Yes, ma'am. <laughs> he's a good man. Yes, ma'am. Yeah, he's a good man. But he's more of the, okay, he relaxes me. He keeps us, you know, going with the flow, thinking positive. Everything's going to be all right when I'm a little more panicky. Like, ah! like, what's going on? So it's worked really well for us because that's how our relationship is in anything, not just from a work aspect. Um that's awesome. Yeah, and scheduling. I mean, when you make your own schedule, <laughs> you know, it it you can well, kind of work that well, out in your favor. But I know there's got to be times like y'all have something planned or something important, and it's like, oh, I got to go in. Like, oh, of course. This yeah. person called in, or I guess there's just a lot of 
grace and forgiveness because y'all well, both understand. It happens to both of us. Yeah. So we've got a. I mean, we generally know, especially when our busy seasons are like, hey, I want to make plans three weeks from now. Cool. It is a home game weekend. Yeah. And we need to be cool. Like, I might have to go. Okay. Right? So, yes. Yeah. So I mean, we communicate oh, very definitely. well. Well, and again, like. My communication has gotten way better in the last <laughs> six years. <laughs> the key to a successful marriage starts with communication. <laughs> the key to successful everything yes, starts with uh, communication. Yeah. I you agree. You can't over-communicate is what I always say. I you know? love that. And yes, ma'am. <laughs> that too. I love it. But with us both being in the same position of things, you never know when things will pop up and we might have to cancel a dinner or leave a date or, you know, I mean, thinking the worst. Yeah. We definitely yeah. are understanding and know yeah. that that's part of it. Um, but it's worth it for uh, sure. I love it. Do y'all, do y'all kind of dabble ideas in each other's business or do you kind of stay in oh. your lane and stay out of the others? It's like we are always here. dabbling. We're, <laughs> we're, we're always dabbling and. Yeah, constantly tossing ideas back and forth. A lot of times, for me, it's like, take my very rough idea and please polish it because it's uh, rough, very yeah. rough. And give me a little direction. One way or the other, does this look dumb? You know, like, what would sound better? And definitely... She redoes as much. She redoes all my emails. Uh, <laughs> all right. Happy to help how I can. All right. so this is also because this, this is similar to how Lauren and I operate. Because I want, I don't want to look like an idiot. I don't want to have bad ideas, but I do sometimes. I've learned. Yeah. A lot of ideas I think are great are bad ideas. So Lauren's like my filter to clean up and yeah. polish. I'm like, hey, here's what I'm. This happened yesterday, and I was. I was honestly kind of pissed off with the answer, <laughs> but I knew she was right. I'm still mad about it. If I had an idea, I ran by her, and she's like, no, how about this? Or how about don't do that? And I'm like, I argue with her, and I finally, like, I'm just mad over there. And and I'm like, you're right, but I'm still pissed off about it. So, yeah, so it's, like, it's like that with me. Lauren is, like, my filter of, like, making sure – she polishes my bad ideas or completely just says, hey, that is a bad idea. You, For sure. You need to scrap that. So it sounds like y'all have that uh, dynamic inside yes, of that as well. Definitely. So I, I will say, I don't think it goes the other way for me. I don't think Lauren ever has a, a whole lot of bad ideas. So. <laughs> I know what you mean. <laughs> See, you say yes a little quicker than I do. I, I argue and then I'm like, yes, all right. <laughs> I like it. Is there... Do you think from a stress level, the business ownership kind of really pushes and challenges a relationship? Or do you think it's the same, you know, life in general? It's just, you know, whether you're a business owner or not a business owner, it is it is what it is from a spouse standpoint. We're probably different on that. Okay. Um, and, but different but the same because I do think, you know, she's probably more of the stress, can be stressed out easily and I am so far the other way I'm like something's on fire cool like it happens it's gonna happen just gotta roll with it and so we definitely meet in the middle on as much as we can and she's like okay it's on fire but you need to make a plan yeah what's her plan (laughs) what's our plan (laughs) and like sometimes it takes her a couple hours and like a situation and all of a sudden I just see it it's like she just it hits her and finally she's just like panic 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 also I'm like 
boom, okay, like, like she's we're writing good. things yeah. out. How are we like, moving forward? Figuring like, out, like, <laughs> okay, well, that, that was quicker than I was expecting for this, but okay, I like it. You know, <laughs> love it. But definitely meet in the middle on that. Yeah. yeah, that's good. And, and it sounds like kind of different personalities and, and approaches to it. And uh-huh. you both are pretty patient, understanding how the other one thinks and not getting pulled too hard one direction or the other. Yeah, for sure. If, and so, I don't, hopefully you two realize how unique this is. Oh, totally. I mean, for, for, for spouses to own businesses and as many as you have inside the same house or even just for one spouse on a business and have the support and understanding from the other side, I think that keeps a lot of people from going in business. And so, you know, from you two who, who have awesome experience in this space as spousepreneurs, um, what advice would you give somebody that's wanting to start a business or that has a business that feels like, you know, their spouse isn't on their team or on board or, I don't know. I think what I see happening a lot is business is hard. It's the hardest thing we've probably any of us has ever done. It's easy to come home stressed or easy to work too much or easy to complain about stuff. And I think the spouse just hears and sees the negative, but there's all sorts of positives and we're wired in some weird way as entrepreneurs to keep showing back up and yeah. getting crushed every day. <laughs> and I think from love and like, why are you doing this? It's hard to have the support inside the household for those things. How would you advise or what experience have you found to kind of help facilitate that or the keys to success and having a relationship and a business? Yeah. So it's worked well for us because our situations are the same but different you yeah. know we're both in the same boat but also we definitely have times where we're like okay we're going to dinner like we'll leave our phones or we'll have a like no work talk oh, rule yes. yes so sometimes because well, we're constantly like we said dreaming bouncing ideas around like that's what we do you know <laughs> but there are times when we'll have to draw the limit and say okay <laughs> yes. no we can't say fabric or cobbin pen like <laughs> throughout this entire dinner um, and it works, you know, we just, it's all about boundaries. You've got to compartmentalize. Smart. Yeah. I love it. Boundaries, communication, man. That's it. You it gotta, makes it sound easy. You gotta, <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> it's not, just to be clear. Very, you know. very tough. And you gotta, you know, you really gotta spend time and effort, you know, focusing on the relationship, you know, counseling, we recommend it. I have. Oh, so yeah, like we like anybody that. that's too tough and thinks they don't need to go to counseling you're wrong yeah. <laughs> you should go get some counseling yeah. about, about why you think you're wrong <laughs> we started with we did a little premarital counseling yep. um since my home church was out of town we found somebody local um here she's on staff has her phd from georgia and She's just phenomenal. So we do little, she calls them booster shots, just little periodic check-ins oh, with that's her. that's super cool. And this has been really good for yeah. our, our marriage. Yeah. I mean, we recommend that to everyone. I mean, marriage, business, yeah. everything. I, we certainly wouldn't be, I wouldn't be, you know, near as aggressive as I am right now with some of the new businesses if I didn't feel solid at home and solid. You know, the businesses feel more solid because... I'm paying attention to things a little bit better and, you know, more structured. <laughs> and I, I, that is probably some of the best advice anybody has ever gave on this podcast is it's development, it's education, it's, you know, better understanding yourself, your relationship, your business, anything to do with like counseling, therapy, 
coaching. Like it's oh, yeah. life changing. Absolutely. We're absolutely in our own heads. God, we are wrong so much and can't see outside ourselves. And to, to have uh, uh, somebody to help guide us and counsel us and be a guide through that process of marriage or life or whatever. God, it's so valuable. Yeah. I could yeah. not agree more. And you're yeah. right. I mean, y'all are testaments to saying, hey, this, everybody needs to do this. Yes. yes. Well, and I feel like there's Absolutely. still not as much as there used to be, but there's still a stigma around there, It's weird. It's not near as bad, but yeah. I agree. We I'm all like, oh need gosh, therapy. We all need disservice. Yeah, if you're not in it. <laughs> man, it's just, it, it's crazy how how much people are against it. Or even like on my side, from a business side or from a personal side, people don't want to pay for it. And I'm like, it's worth it. You are it's crazy. Worth oh Absolutely. my God. Like, yeah. Return on investment there <laughs> is substantial. And so that's really cool advice. I like that a lot. And I like the, the communication, the boundaries. Um, I know for us, that's something we've had to learn with Arn and, and myself is I don't ever want to turn off. And so if we're not careful, like the, that, I will overrun her boundaries. So she's like, after nine o'clock. We don't talk business and then we yep. go no cell phones at yeah. these times and do yeah. stuff and she kind of intentionally put some things in place that work for all of us and it yeah. it kills me sometimes <laughs> i'm like dying <laughs> so i'll just email you you read it tomorrow <laughs> so, so it's, it's fun but i bet on the other side of that god i bet y'all always have something to talk about and life is never boring oh gosh of, we have yeah. Yeah. we love to have fun <laughs> there's never any shortage of that in the ripley household so, so the the most it, your circle of who you hang out with is it mostly other business owners is it mostly people that are like w2 employees that think y'all are crazy we've got a good mix yeah i've got a good mix we've got you know everything from because i have partners um mm-hmm. in all the places and so you know we we see, we see them a lot we also probably do a good amount of family time more than I think maybe a lot of people. We like yeah. my parents are in Savannah, mm-hmm. hers are in South Georgia, so we like go see our family get them out. Uh, yeah. All of her nephews and nieces are good age to play, and but I mean, as far as friends go, it's it's everything from entrepreneurs. You know, I'd see you at JC's back in the day, and yeah. um, you know we we host YPN from time to time. Some of those folks are our good you know good friends. But then we also have just buddies that we've known for years. So I've got. Guys that I've worked with in the bar business with 20 years now that, like, we're doing steaks <laughs> next week. Like, I haven't seen most of them in a year, but, like, we still got to get together. Yeah. <laughs> All right. I thought of a question there I want to know from the two of you and the two different aspects of how you approach business. You mentioned partners. Do you look at Melissa's side sometimes and like, oh, my God, I wish I just owned things by myself? And do you look at his side sometimes and be like, oh, my God, I wish I had a partner in this? You want me to go first? Sure. Um, you know, I could not do this by myself. The amount of things we've done and for my partners were all so different. You know, like literally from the way we dress to what, you know, the music we listen to, <laughs> to, to, what, to yeah. what we drink when we go to a bar. Like, you know, it's Y'all all an eclectic group together. <laughs> all very different and we always tell people, you know, we tell our, our managers we work with, we're like, you know, one or two of us are good at this, one or two of us are good at that, you know, some of us are good at this. Like, we have found a great balance amongst the three of us who's good at what, whoever sees what. And then, you know, as we 
work on this next project we're working on, we're going to kind of bring in one or two more people to work more directly under us to kind of oversee some things and kind of. So, I mean, sure, it, in theory, it'd be cool to be able to make every decision on your own, but I wouldn't want all those responsibilities. Makes sense. <laughs> How do you feel about it? There's definitely pros and cons to both, right? It's just like owning a franchise. There are pros oh, and cons yeah. to having your own concept, brand, and buying into a predetermined franchise. Yep. Um, again, it's all I've ever known, so I love it and I'm passionate about it. I could not imagine having to run something by somebody else, you know. Yep. Uh, but it's just what works for me in my business, yeah. um, which is radically different from his. So it makes sense to me that they're on a different journey because their path is different than mine. But, yeah, yeah pros I and like cons that. to both. Yeah, so, yeah, see see the benefit of each way, but also both of you very happy in the lanes you chose it and, yeah. and what you're in. That's that's super cool. What um, you know, kind of success in teaching us a little bit about the franchise model um, you, y'all seem to do a really good job of being able to hire and delegate and not be necessarily stuck inside the store working at 50 or 60 hours a week like a lot of us are as business owners and entrepreneurs. What, what do y'all, how do y'all figure that out or what have you been taught from the franchise model to be able to staff or, or have managers or do those things? What's the key to all that? Yeah, so nothing that has been taught from the franchise model. Okay, I would say. this is a trial and um, error. Yeah, just and it out it's in just a college town of. I am so selective with who I hire and bring onto okay. my team. Um, you'll never catch me just filling a spot on the schedule with a warm body. I will work there open to close every day before I bring on really? the wrong person. So you yes. don't let the urgency get no. in your way of like hiring somebody you probably no. shouldn't or not vetting like you should. Well, but it's also trial and error. Been there, done that, and it's just not worth it. So throughout the 11 years, I've learned if you take your time, really find the right fit for your business. I tell my girls all the time, um, I try to protect the dynamic of our team. We have a really strong group. Ooh, that's good. So I'm very careful with who I bring into that because it just takes one bad egg to ruin the bunch, you know? Yep. Um, so just from start to finish, finding the right person to hire, making sure that their values, their skills align with what you need, um, and then training them yourself. You know, it's easier. I, I'm not, I don't love to train people. I'm, I would like to just do it myself. I feel like I'm not a great teacher. But taking the time to slow down and train oh, personally so has made it's so hard to do. And it's not my favorite task, <laughs> but enough. it's worth it in the long run. Ah. Um, and when you take the time to train on the way that you want things done, then it's a little easier to step away and know, okay, if I'm not going to be there, we're all good because Zoe's there and she's got it covered. Does that, in, in doing it that way, is that pretty successful in training and being able to be more hands-off moving forward? Or do you have to constantly have to retrain and re-kind of engage? So we don't have a ton of turnover, which is a huge blessing. Typically, I have my girls till they graduate. And, That's amazing. You That's know, a testament to everything inside of what you're doing. Thank as a you. It, you know, I, I do take a lot of pride in that. Um, but we're in a college town, so students are always coming and going. So yep. it's a constant cycle. Um, and I'm still very involved. I can't imagine ever not being present in the store. Um, and, you know, just being clear on what my expectations are with the team, I feel like. Like, I feel like taking the time, like I mentioned, 
um, to make sure they're trained and can handle any situation. Makes it stepping out a little easier. That's really cool. I think uh, me included, uh, so many entrepreneurs just screw that up because we see a need or we need to fill a spot or there's a gap or we need somebody to open the store or we're not serving the clients as well because we don't have enough people and we just we need somebody and we're like hey this person's pretty good i think i can make them good enough they've got open availability let's hire them the restaurant world is very different (laughs) (laughs) i need a dish guy today (laughs) the guy from behind the dumpster over there bring him in here we need someone to do dishes immediately i'll pay cash it's a playing the long game and just knowing hey i'm willing to suck it up and cover what i have to until i find the right person for my team because above all i gotta protect yes our team and the dynamic of what we have here god that's so smart and seems so easy to say but so hard when you're in the middle of totally it. and I, I only know this because i've done exactly <laughs> right. what you're saying yeah and i've just hired the warm body ah, you know it's so hard but it never you, pays off yeah, and then uh, all that those training hours are just wasted so yeah, you don't it's wasted want to time do it's that. wasted money mm-hmm. it can cause really valuable members of your team to leave it can totally. be toxic is i think we've all been down that road of, oh, of yeah. that and that i mean it can happen in in hires and management and partnerships. Um, it, it's it's tough, and I mean, in, in your world, man, of staffing, I don't. I mean, the amount of staff you all have to have and the hours you have to be open and serve. Good grief, I can't imagine. Yeah, how that works, and yeah, I mean, end of the day, that's a that's a hard gig to be able to fill a restaurant and bar for for that many different roles. Yeah, we just you know, you know. Same for Melissa. We just really try and make work seem not like work all the time, you know. Make it seem like they're home away from home, especially with the bars and restaurants. Like, when they know they can come to us with anything. We make sure to do staff appreciation parties, things of that nature, where it's like, hey, we, we want you all to care about this. What does it take for you all to care about this? And, like, let's get there together. All right. Love that mindset. Mm-hmm. Love that model. I think business can be fun. Yeah, like this is your home away from home. This right. is the place that you're a part of, too. How do you – do you get pissed off when things go wrong or people do something Stay wrong? Or do you, I mean, like, how do you keep that, like, feeling and environment when you want to, like, really, like, uh, just like, oh, my God, I can't believe you've done that. Well, so I've worked for, and my partner, Con, always says, like, we've worked for yellers before, like guys in the bar yeah. business that, like, you know, oh, yeah. constantly yelling in restaurant lines where you've got chefs yelling constantly. Like, we're not just yellers. Kind of that's the way it was in the kitchens of everywhere. <laughs> I don't want to go in there. <laughs> so, you know, we, we kind of take pride in not being that. And, like, we'll have, you know, the, the disappointed father talk after a shift like hey here's what happened in the shift give me a self-evaluation what what, how do you think it went (laughs) (laughs) and then when they tell you most of the time if you ever give them the opportunity to tell them what they did if they if you give them a chance to tell you what they did wrong they nail it they're open they're like here's what happened to the shift here's what i was doing wrong like cool we both know what happened now like i agree with you are we gonna you know get better like cool awesome Let's give it another shot. What What about your side? Like, how do yeah. you approach that when it's like you really want to love on people and make them feel good and yes. keep them for their entire time, but 
then I can really like, oh my God, this is my business and my customer. Oh, totally. How do you approach that? It's important that they understand that, right? Like this is my business. It's my livelihood. This is more than selling clothes at the end of the day. Um, But also I've been in their shoes. Like I started as a manager. I've worked many a part-time retail job. So I treat my staff the way that I would want to be treated. And the you know, there's takeaways. I've been treated really well in the past by bosses. So I try to emulate that. And then I've had some rough ones and I tried to not do, you know, what discouraged me as an employee. So I'm more of like a positive reinforcement, encouraging type leader than a a yeller as Corey called it. You'll never catch me doing that. It takes a lot to rattle me at this point. I've been through a lot of scenarios. (laughs) Um, But anytime if there's an issue, I try to start the conversation with a positive and giving a compliment. And then we kind of go into, okay, let's talk about this. You know what I mean? Here's where we went wrong or here's where I'd like to see improvement. So if you just start out with a positive attitude, have the conversation, once you've cooled off a little bit, then it typically goes goes better than... I love it. And it shows the experience both of you have in being a business owner because that takes patience and that is hard to compliment when it is. Things and something <laughs> wrong has happened and it to, is and to be able to have that discipline hey let me wait till this shift is over mm-hmm. and let me let me not tell them what they did wrong and tell them right. how they need to fix it and what's going to happen if they don't fix it let me just ask if they god that's so hard <laughs> it is hard and it takes a ton of experience and patience to get where you are at and just discipline and being a good business owner that's super cool and that's I mean that's good advice for anybody on any level of business if there's one thing you can learn early on on managing people and again I, I think for a lot of us we still struggle with that because we care we care so much about our business and the service we're providing and the customer mm-hmm. and those things it's <clears> easy <throat> to really get frustrated really fast when something goes wrong and just be able to say hey we need to have some patience and a different strategic approach to how we handle this and how we fix this and um, I got a friend of mine he calls it a shit sandwich he's like (laughs) you gotta start with a positive and you gotta address what went wrong and you gotta end with a positive and I'm like I hear you but god that's hard hard. (laughs) I know but it works especially my employees are all part-time college students so this is where what works well for that demographic we'll put it that way <laughs> I, I truly think it works well anywhere for anybody it's just it takes a level of maturity for a business owner i think to get there and be able to see that and mm-hmm. be able to understand hey this is not what i want to do right now but i'm able to control my emotions enough to be able to do it so as we look to the future for you two what's in store more businesses more restaurants other fabrics owning something together what's on the horizon you never know. We've got, <laughs> we've got some irons in the fire, I would say. Um, yeah, yeah, we've got some things we're working on towards the end of the year, especially down in Florida. Uh, working on some expansion projects, some, some new projects. Um, probably going to open up the portfolio a little bit and hopefully do a little real estate in the next few years. And Love it. Maybe even a family. We'll see what happens. Yeah. More, more family. <laughs> than just us, the, us two and the dog. Exactly. More family. That's right. That's exactly right. So you two are amazing because you have so much going on and so many irons in the fire and growing and adapting and figuring out business and rocky and challenging times. And you're like, hey, we want 
we want more. And yeah. it's a, the, that's really awesome and cool. And say, hey, we don't, there, there's things. It's not that, hey, we're going to idle or we're on control. It's like, no, there's there's different things coming, and there's even unknowns of what we may do. We're going to keep doing and oh, yeah. growing and see what happens. That's super fun, super exciting. It and is fun. Scary. I don't know. I, I know for me, it's uh, that's part of like happiness in my life is growing and doing and trying oh, totally. stuff. You don't want to be stagnant. I, get, I don't want to be complacent, stagnant, bored. You've got to be working towards the still. next. Yeah, you know? I agree. It's a. As it sounds like in y'all's home, you, you don't want the whole like both of you come home at five and put your briefcase and. How was your day, honey? My day was great. Yeah. Honey, how was she's your day? she's doing orders. <laughs> Even when she's sitting on the couch, she's doing jewelry orders. Yeah. And like she's like, I just ordered good stuff. I got good stuff coming in next week. Like, you know. I'm like we responding s- to emails. Like mm, okay, well, <laughs> it's a full time job. Yeah, we love it. It's around the clock. That is awesome. I love it. Love it. Love it. And uh, I'm excited to see kind of what what happens throughout uh, the next uh, couple years for you all, and uh, continue to join on the podcast and hear updates and hear about new things yeah, and we'd grow, love to. growing yeah. businesses and growing families and all of the other dynamics of uh, the fun part of life. Absolutely. So as we wrap up this podcast, as you both know, we do here at the Stronger Business Podcast, our max out moment. This is where if you could share one thing with the audience, one takeaway, if they didn't remember anything else from this episode, something they can take away right now to go out and make a difference and make them stronger in their business or in their life. What would be your advice? What would be your tip? What would be your max out moment? My max out moment would be for anybody that's wanting to become an entrepreneur, ask other entrepreneurs about their mistakes. Don't don't come to me and ask me about the things I did right. Because I might have done a few things right. I did way more things wrong. <laughs> You're going to learn from, let me tell you about my mistakes. Before you go doing the same thing I did a million times, like, I let me let me clear those things up first. And then, then I'll talk to you about the things I did right. Man, that is so true and such good advice because my mistakes have cost me way more time and stress and money money than my successes <laughs> have ever like uh, made me into just a few decisions right. it's a, it, i was talking to somebody yesterday about we can spend 20 years like making good decisions and building things and it doesn't take but two or three mistakes in a row to like crash something that's oh absolutely in, in a 6 months to something that's been 20 years in the works and so for learning sure. from the mistakes and the failures and learning how to just circumvent. That's part of what this podcast is about is yeah. how do we share stories and experiences and things we've learned to keep it from making the same mistakes. It's yeah. a, when we were all 20 years old and building businesses and trying to figure things out and manage and grow businesses, we didn't have podcasts. We didn't have YouTube. No. And right. It was just like Books. learn and screw up and do the best lose you can and hope and for the best the next day and yeah. hope you make it to friday and have something left over to show for it and, yeah. and and now i feel like we can share the journey and the mistakes and just yeah. help people avoid that if nothing yeah. else teaching you what not to do so absolutely awesome max out moment all right the bar melissa the bar has been set i know high. so to piggyback on what he said i would recommend if you have a dream or a goal or something you're wanting to do Go out and find somebody that's already doing it and ask for coffee, ask for lunch, like ask those questions, find out how they got there. Um, 
Yes. And, you know, getting out of your comfort zone and having those quick meetings or find a mentor, find somebody that this is what they do and they've got the industry knowledge that you want. You know, just ask for the five-minute meeting, ask for a coffee date. And if you grab enough of those, you'll find out the tips that you need to start your own journey. I agree. As we, we have so much arrogance and ego in starting businesses and we're not reinventing the wheel. There's people out there that's already doing what you want to do way better than you can do it in the next totally. 10 years. Go at and as business owners, yeah, we all love to talk about yes. what we do and how oh, we've done it and what we learned along the way and help people. It's part of who we are is serving and helping people. And so we would love to go to coffee with some young entrepreneur and love it. tell I, them. I will they, talk to anybody about any kind of business any day of the week. I it love to tell people it. what they should and shouldn't do. <laughs> I'll tell you all day long what I mean. Yeah. I'm a big fan of being like, here's some really unsolicited advice. <laughs> yes. Yeah. You get what you pay for. So. I don't know, but but I love that. That is such great advice, and uh, just you know, really shaving that learning curve and that trial and error that we all talk about. Just ask people. And just ask. ask. Yeah. Done it before. I'll tell you. Yes. There's somebody out there that's already who you want to be or owns what you want to own. Go ask them. What the heck should I do? Or yeah. what should I what should I know? And I think that's awesome. That's two amazing max out moments. All right, where do people find y'all at? If they want to connect more, if they want to follow, obviously here in Athens, we've got the bar, we've got Clark Standard, which is pretty easy landmark right beside Georgia Theater. Clark's Collective. Clark's Collective. I still call it Clark Standard. I'm stuck in the past. I still call it that too. (laughs) (laughs) For for your side, obviously Fabric on Clayton. Yeah, Fabric Athens. It's in the middle of everything. On on social media. Yeah, we're on Instagram, um, but we both have accounts then we both have business accounts and yeah love it reach out to us yeah i'm always down for a coffee (laughs) yeah (laughs) Yeah, there you go connect (laughs) it connect follow along if you're in florida check out the the restaurants and bars down there and then this i highly encourage all of you to follow on what these two are doing they're just making waves in the business world doing awesome stuff and just really fun while you do it watching and why you do it and having to You've got it figured out. A business is fun, and we can have a good time and grow awesome businesses and have an awesome relationship and have fun in all of it. The successes and failures and floods and kitchen fires and (laughs) successes and failures and all the things that come along the way. So I I appreciate you both being willing to share your time and being an inspiration for all of us. Yes, thank uh, you for having us. Got to keep growing and doing. And I hope everybody has an awesome weekend re-listen to these max out moments go out learn from people's failures go out find a mentor find somebody that's been there and done it before and ask them questions ask them to coffee and i guarantee you you'll find it'll create a relationship and and you will learn a lot along the way and uh follow along at strongerbusiness.com see you all next week thank you so much for joining us on this episode of the stronger business podcast we're excited to come to you again next week with more tools and tactics to help you get stronger in your business and in your life. Check us out on Instagram at Stronger Business or follow us uh, on our website at StrongerBusiness.com. Have an awesome rest of your day and we'll see you next week.